I was fortunate enough to have worked in restaurants where people didn't see me as less because I was a woman. So I've always had that positive reinforcement, like from a very like non-gender biased point of view of just like, you're capable, you can do this. And I feel like all women need to hear that. To celebrate International Women's Day on Jodie Lennon and the Deep in the Weeds podcast network, we are going to be hanging out with a girl gang around Pippet Restaurant in northern New South Wales. This uh, focus has been in the planning for ages, really. Uh, But in the meantime, devastating floods have shaken the region and rocked the people in it. And it's definitely going to be a big part of what we talk about with the wonderful women that work in and around Pippet. We are kicking off with Lily Pegas. She is a pastry chef at the restaurant. Uh, And yeah, Lily, I'm really thrilled that you've got some reception and we're able to have a chat today. That's right. I'm really excited that I was um, actually able to talk to you today because, yeah, it's been pretty hectic over the last week um, due to the floods. Yeah. Well, I think we better start with that because it's obviously right in front of you and, you know, everybody around Australia has been following the situation with, yeah, interest, horror and just real shock. Um, tell tell us about it. Like, you know, how has it been? Um I'll be honest with you, I was really naive to it actually happening like when it did. Um, we woke up one morning and there was water all over our street and the houses across the road from us were pretty much like halfway underwater and my boyfriend and I were just in complete shock at what was happening. Um, but it made total sense because there had been so much rain over the last couple of days and it was just a very like eye-opening sudden thing that happened and that's what they say about flash floods is like they happen so quick that sometimes you don't even have time to prepare for it which kind of really seemed like what happened in like our suburb in particular but I guess everywhere um you know like there's been so much devastation and so many people that we know have just completely lost everything and it's just like I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and my boyfriend and I like our house was completely fine and it's just like us trying to like lend a hand as much as we can or just do what we can to help other people because we were so fortunate um and other people have it's just it's just really awful like the amount of destruction that just came so fast wow what suburb are you in um i'm i'm in barringbar which is about 14 minutes inland from pottsville and about like 20 minutes north of byron um but the suburb that's kind of like over the mountain from us, Mwilambar, is one of the places that got really, really terribly um, hit with the floods. It was Lismore and Mwilambar and Mullumbimby that just – it's its chaotic. It's psycho. It's like we have a friend who's um, pregnant and like watching her Instagram stories that whole morning um, of her kind of starting to be like, hey, I I need someone to come and get me on a boat. And then the internet cutting out and not knowing if she was fine was just totally terrifying and crazy. And I can't even explain it. It was psycho. And then also (laughs) I had my mum kind of like contacting me all morning about like evacuating and I knew that our house was going to be fine just because of where it was and like watching the street and how it was going. But then like – our phone lines cut out to her as well. So she had to go like 24 hours of not knowing if we were fine or not. And I just can't imagine what that's like for families who still can't contact their loved ones at the moment because 
they're still like the the roads are just completely destroyed and no one can get in contact with anyone. It's it's psycho. So it's really unthinkable, isn't it? I mean, except that you're living it. It's and especially you know I know from talking to people in around bushfires like when you your house is actually intact that's just a whole other set of feelings that you know I don't know if you're feeling you know it's like grateful but guilty um just very sort of complex swell of feelings yeah it's like this immense like guilty relief because like we're fine but at the same time it's like taking those feelings and being like all right I'm in a position where I'm I'm okay so like I need to redirect like all of that weird emotional energy into helping other people and just not getting too caught up in the whole I guess like mental whirlwind of it and being more productive than kind of sitting around and being like oh my god like this is so shocking and crazy it's it's just about like making sure that other people are okay because we are fine and that's really where we're at at the moment. And what's the situation with Pippet? Like how has the restaurant been impacted? Um, our, like a lot of our suppliers have been um, cut off and like especially like our seafood suppliers because I can't really access anything right now because of like the flood water and like all the roads being cut off and like all of their workers and stuff like because everyone lives around here, like the area, so people like can't get to work because like either their house has been destroyed or the roads, like the access roads have been um, like just completely at first um like i it wasn't something i immediately thought about um when the flood happened and then i like had a conversation with ben earlier in the week and he had mentioned that like a lot of the suppliers weren't able to drop anything off and i was like oh that that's a like that's a thing like that is actually something that is like a secondary impact i guess so um yeah the restaurant has been like we shut a lot of services this week um, especially because a lot of people couldn't actually make it to the restaurant, which is completely understandable given the situation. Um, but yeah, like a, a lot of the supply has been like very scarce because of, you know, natural disaster and that's just where it's at at the moment, but we are going to be open more services this week, hopefully. Um, as long as, you know, we don't really find ourselves with any extra problems, um, but, yeah, at this point we're just kind of taking it week by week and hoping for the best. I mean, what's the feeling of working in a beautiful restaurant and creating these outstanding dining experiences for people when there's all this other stuff going on? We were feeling, like, really perplexed about it, um, mainly because it was like, you know, people have lost so much so it's like, is it even appropriate for us to be opening? But the the services that we did open and the people that did come in, they were just so grateful that they could have like just a couple of hours of relief from the complete disaster, like, like a bit of a distraction um, and just something positive to be looking forward to or to experience like in such a disastrous time. Um, so getting that feedback was actually um, like very settling for us because – it, like we, we were so up in the air about like whether or not it was appropriate and just, yeah, getting feedback from people saying like, you know, thank you for this experience. Like I really needed that right now. It was very comforting that we could provide that for people. Mm, that really makes a lot of sense. And I mean, for yourself, 
when there's, you know, all this other stuff going on, what's it been like to work there? Um, I am... I'm a very busy like person mentally. So being able to actually go to work has been really helpful for me because I find like, especially with COVID and when we got locked down and we weren't really able to do anything, like I was going a bit crazy from just having too much free time to just kind of sit around and think. So being able to work has actually been incredible. Like I'm so grateful that it is something that we can still go and do like regularly. Like our hours have been, um, almost like completely normal like this week and hopefully next week so yeah it's just that kind of like so grateful that we have something to do but also like we can spend our free time helping other people as well so it's like we get a bit of everything if that makes any sense one of the things that really strikes me as you're as you're speaking is how impossible it's been to have a sense of certainty about anything over the past couple of years I mean is it yeah it must just be I suppose it's been like it's been like that for everybody but I suppose these floods it's just another layer of um having things just really ripped out of your control yeah well it's it's been very character building um that's for sure but it's also I feel like it's taught me personally and I feel like a lot of other people could relate to this but a lot of um patience especially when, um, you know, you went from a time where everything seemed so possible and then like just constantly like plans being like changed or cancelled or whatnot. So it's really kind of put me in more of a mindset of like anything could happen and that's okay and just being able to go with it and just let it be organic even though like it's very frustrating and like all you want to do is get on with things, but at the same time, like there is so much to learn from just being like having to be still. So I like I guess that's kind of my take on that, just because like that's it's the position we've been put in. It's it's a like just take it as it comes kind of situation. Mm. And um I'd love to know how you came to be doing what you're doing. Can you take me back? Like, did you grow up in the area and how did you decide to become a chef? Um, I grew up in Sydney um, and my mum from like a really young age saw that I had like a real love for cooking. So, you know, you do the the packet cake mixes with your mum on like a Sunday or something and then that kind of grew more into me just independently, like, you know, finding the kids' cookbooks and stuff and then, going from there and then I always really gravitated towards like hospitality and food tech at school and like that was what I looked forward to the most and then I had a moment during like a year 10 uh, mock interview like assessment where I was pretending that I was going for an apprenticeship role in a kitchen and I had a moment where I was like oh my god like this is this is what I want to do I want to be a chef when I grow up Um, and so from there it kind of just snowballed into me finding um like, you know, my first job in a, in a cafe is a dishy and then moving on to like my first job as an, like an apprentice chef in like a kind of large, like surf club restaurant. And then from there, um, finding an incredible opportunity to work at Key in Sydney and doing the last couple of years of my apprenticeship there. And then, you know, just like from that point, it, like my boyfriend and I wanted to move out of Sydney because we wanted a better kind of like work life, you know, balance. So then we ended up at Pippet and 
it's just like been the most incredible experience because like Pippet has created so much space for us to be creative and I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, they, it, it's like um, Pippet allows you to grow with it and that's been really great for my career as a chef because it means like I've had space to explore pastry more. Like I did pastry at, um, at Key, but Pippet, it's been like kind of my more pastry like focused um, place and just learning as much as I can from Ben because his ideas are just so out there and so great. Um, and then because we have like, a good work-life balance at Pippet that's given me a lot of like time to explore my own interests in like um, baking at home or stuff like that. So it's, it's just, yeah, like it's, it's been a bit of a, like a very organic, very natural um, like ride in my career of just like following what feels good and doing what I love and what makes me happy and just really going with that up to, I guess, this point now. Wow, that sounds so great. And, yeah, what an amazing story. Lily, for people who don't know Pippet, and I'm not fortunate enough to have been there yet, that will definitely change, tell us about the restaurant. Just just give us the 101 on Pippet. What kind of place is it? Who are the main people? What, what goes on there? Um, so Pippet is owned by Ben Devlin and Yen Trin. Um, and the, their whole ethos is around um, local sustainable food. Um, so we have a like a kilometre circumference around the restaurant of where we will actually source our product from. So they're trying to keep it as local as possible. And um, Ben is uh, like really big on just using as much of a product as you possibly can. And it's incredible to see like the things that he does with food is just like, I wouldn't ever think of that, but somehow he does. And like, it's, it's amazing to work in a place where everything is valued, like every part of like a product or a vegetable or an animal is valued and used to its fullest potential to create an experience for people that I think they probably would have like a memory of for the rest of their life. It's incredible. And they're very, like, it's like a family as well. Like they're, they're very focused on um, like the sustainability of their staff and making sure that the staff get what they need as well as, you know, um, getting what they need from them. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. It's, it's like what I hope restaurants can be in the future because they're so focused on um, sustainability and just a good environment basically. And how many uh, people work at the restaurant and uh, how many do you seat and how many services do you do? Um, so services, we do um, three lunches, three dinners. So Thursday dinner to Sunday lunch. Um, we have about six chefs in the kitchen and then two dishes. And then we've got about five front of house staff. Um, and we all work very cohesively um, to explain the menu and like the chefs will also take food to the table, which I feel like is a really um, epic experience for us because it means that we get to make something and then really explain what we've done to people so that they can really appreciate um, what they're eating. And also it's an open kitchen, which is also an amazing experience for us because it means, you know, we get to see the sun rise and the sunset and like we get to be part of the whole experience rather than just being kind of locked away in a kitchen somewhere. And how many do you seat? 
Um, we seat about 30 people per service. Yeah, it's just, it sounds really idyllic. Tell us about a, a dessert that you make um, that really speaks to the whole Pippet philosophy and, you know, the kinds of things that you're excited about creating for your guests. Um, subsequently enough, it's actually the dessert that we're doing at the moment with jackfruit. Um, we're using the jackfruit skin to make a roasted jackfruit skin ice cream. Um, we're using the actual flesh, like cells of the jackfruit to make sorbet and like other components for the dish. And then we're also using the seeds as well. Like we're making something that I guess you could think would be similar to like a chestnut paste, like in a sweet setting. Um, and it's just that kind of like, in like the whole product is being used in a way that you wouldn't expect it to be. And it's working very cohesively and it's amazing. Like we were, the thing with jackfruit seeds is like when you roast them, the, the outer kind of layer peels away and then you're left with the inside of the seed, which is what we use to make the paste. And then Ben the other day was thinking about how we could even use that. So there is absolutely no wastage and we have used it. Um, and it's just that kind of, um, it's like building a dish around uh, like problem solving almost, but, and, and it still turns out to be such a pleasure to eat at the same time. Wow. It's, that's so cool. It just, it, I just sort of, <laughs> I've got this sort of vision of different bits of different types of produce, just like floating in front of my eyes. I'm just thinking, it sounds like if you work there, you know, the experience that you've had, you just look at produce differently. Like it just, it, it feels like it would speak to you in a different way. Absolutely. It's like, I think about um, past restaurants that I've worked in and the things that go in the bin that I look at now and I'm like, it's, it's an ingredient, like everything is an ingredient as long as it's like, you know, edible and not poisonous. Like everything's an ingredient. Everything is a possibility. Everything could taste good and could like add to an experience and in a way that you wouldn't expect it to. Let's talk about this whole, you know, International Women's Day. Let's let's talk about being a woman in the kitchen, a woman in hospitality for a while. Um, I mean, pastry itself is often seen as, you know, the women's section. Do you have any views on that? Um, I, I do and I don't. I feel like because my experience as a woman in a kitchen hasn't ever been, oh, I'm a woman in a kitchen, and I'm not exactly sure where that came from. I feel like partly it's... Um, how my mum brought me up to just be capable, like, like for me personally to feel capable of doing anything that anyone can do. Like, um, it wasn't until the last couple of years that I've really become much more aware of women's experiences in kitchens, talking to my friends who have had bad experiences because they are women in a kitchen. Um, but like for me personally, I've just always, I'm, I'm very stubborn, so I'll, if, like, if I want to do something, I'll just like, I'll make it happen. And also, I was fortunate enough to have worked in restaurants where people didn't see me as less because I was a woman. So I've always had that positive reinforcement, like from a very like non-gender biased point of view of just like you're capable, you can do this. And I feel like all women need to hear that, like there is no reason why they can't do something. Like if they want to do it and they're passionate about it, like absolutely they can just go ahead and do it. Um, so I, I feel, I guess my opinion is more that like 
women need more reinforcement, but like not from, uh, oh, you're a woman, like you can do this. It's more of a you are capable as a human being to do this this task. You can just go and do it. Um, but then you've also, I guess, got that whole can of worms of like, you know, um, very old fashioned thinking and like misogynistic people and all that kind of stuff. And like, that's always going to exist in the world. Um, but it's just building up a resilience of just not taking it and just like going for gold and just hoping for the best for yourself and only taking what serves you and leave the rest as a friend of mine used to tell me. So Lily, you mentioned, you know, you've, you've encountered, you've encountered women who've had bad experiences, they've experienced misogyny. Have they then, or have you then seen them, you know, go on to, I guess, you know, find a new pathway to find that strength to turn things around for themselves and, you know, just feel really strong uh, in their place in the industry? Um, yeah, I feel like my friends who have experienced this are still quite young in their career. So it is something that they've experienced recently or like within the last couple of years, but they are now, um, yeah, absolutely. Like taking more of a stance of like um, women are powerful and women can work in kitchens just as well as men. And I, I, I'm experiencing like their mindset changing as like I'm evolving with them and being friends with them and like listening to them talk about, you know, their everyday that I work now and, like one particular friend is in a very um, like like a really good work environment for herself and I can just see that being in a positive space where she can be herself and she can be a woman in a kitchen, it's really like changing her and just making her feel so much more like valid, I guess might be the wrong word. Um, but, yeah, like and, and she's, she's very much an advocate for, you know, like um, – women in kitchens and just completely knocking back that whole misogynistic view on things. And she's one of the strongest people that I know. And it's incredible to see how much she doesn't take it now because she's had a bit of foresight into like being a, a, like a quite a young woman in a kitchen and not understanding or like not being aware of the behavior that she doesn't have to accept as like, okay. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, it's 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 incredible, and and she's such a wonderful human being. Like, yeah, like I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, like absolutely, I'm seeing um, like a change in them as like a person in a kitchen and taking more action for themselves and that whole kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like that is in, is awesome in and of itself. But then you just think, oh, who would be the other women, or you know, indeed anyone who might feel a little marginalised and put down around that person? You know, what difference would it make to them? You know, it's such a chain of um, of events, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess you know, there's those sort of workplace, you know, things that just happen, sort of stuff. But then there's real initiatives like the girl gang um, events and and booklet that Pippet did and, and that Yen put out. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Yen came to me after a staff meeting one day and proposed the idea and asked if I'd be interested. And I instantly was like, absolutely, like we're going to do this. Like this is such a great idea. Um, especially for Yen because she is a restaurateur by default. Um, she wasn't originally working in hospitality, but then opening a restaurant with her husband who is a chef kind of just, you know, like sent her in that direction and 
she is a very inquisitive person into like studying things like women in kitchens and like and she noticed that there wasn't or like she wanted more coverage of women in kitchens and promoting women in kitchens so she came up with the girl gang idea um to get as many women involved as we could to really promote how capable and how epic like an experience can be from women in hospo um so she like asked me to put together the kitchen team and then she organized the front of house with Alice um our front of house manager and also like the wine producers and like researching all of the female you know um like vegetable producers around the area so it was just this really like wholesome wonderful like experience to be part of because i was surrounded by like women in like a hospital setting where it's like usually it's very male dominated and to completely cohesively create an experience like from like a woman's point of view is just an epic thing to be part of is it the fact that it you know was this girl gang and then that's sort of that's enough in and of itself or do you think there is something different about it because it's all women do you think the the quality or there is there are elements of it that just are different I, I think just the whole vibe like it was a very kind of like power to the women like get really hyped up because we're doing this thing that you don't see very often um like it's, it's not very often you walk into a restaurant and it's completely run by women um, one place that is near us in Ballina called Lola Dining is completely run by women and we went and had like a bit of a kitchen team like meeting there and it was it was I don't know how to explain it it was like really punk rock like in the way that it was just like women doing what women do and not caring about it like not not caring what people think about it and just like, like, yeah, it is kind of different, um, but only because it's not something you see every day. But I feel like it would, it should be something you see every day, and it could be something you see every day, and it would be epic if it was something that you see every day. Yeah, yeah, so interesting. It's funny. It's like you know what's just sprang into my mind is when I was traveling around Turkey and um, was in Cappadocia and happened to go down some back laneway because I heard women's voices and laughing and it was all kind of raucous. And you know, I came upon this sort of back kitchen and it was all women. There was people like peeling beans, shelling beans in a laneway, and you know, someone was pouring tea, and it was all like I couldn't really understand much of what they were saying, but it was so like it was just so energized and cheeky and raucous and naughty and vibrant and strong and full of love and power and you know it just feel, felt like this is all great but it was you know Turkey is such a male dominated society and it was like it was only in the back kitchens and the back lanes that you could see these really powerful gatherings of women and to think about it that it's more front facing um is just yeah so exciting to me it's just just really really wonderful yeah absolutely like given given the space like such wonderful things can happen um and I guess that's what the girl gang pop-up was for us it was just us being given space to really express ourselves as women not so much women in hospitality but just as a woman like living their best life. Yeah, brilliant. 
Um, Lily, you mentioned that, you know, your mind is pretty busy and sitting around isn't really your jam. Like, can you talk about work-life balance, which, you know, you mentioned is really good at Pippet, but, you know, mental health in hospitality is such a big issue. Um, yeah, do you have a perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when my partner and I were working in Sydney, um, we were working ridiculous hours as, you know, you kind of expect like from Sydney restaurants and working in the city. Um, and it got to a point where I was in a really bad place and I just really needed to not be there anymore. Um, so we moved north to Byron where, you know, everything's more laid back and like that whole kind of cliched Byron, Sydney moving to Byron kind of situation. Um, but when you actually are living a life where you are giving yourself the space that you need so you can be busy and you can be a workaholic but then you can also do things like bake a cake on a Sunday afternoon or like, you know, go out and see your friends or just go to the beach and just have a day by yourself um, just to kind of really recharge is so valuable um, and during COVID um, with takeaway and everything, we asked Ben if we could swap our shifts around so that we could have a particular day so that we could actually go to TAFE and do a ceramics course because we were like, we're so mentally um, involved with work right now. Like that's kind of the only main thing that's going on for us. And that is like very mentally draining if you're only thinking about work. Um, so we went and did a, a, you know, just a TAFE course three days a week so that we had something else to look forward to and something else to think about. Um, and we found that we became so much happier and so much more fulfilled just even like though we were like in the middle of COVID and like we couldn't really do anything. It's like, we were still able, like we still had space and time to go and do something that was stimulating another part of our brain that wasn't work. Um, and being able to do that was amazing and did so like changed like everything so much for us, especially because, you know, the world was falling apart and well, I mean, it still kind of is, but we like had something else to think about and focus on other than like the shit that was going on in the world. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, just really being able to focus on what we needed mentally and what was going to make us happy. Um, and I feel like that's really important for any, any work practice. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Lily, you mentioned, you know, that you're, you, you're back at work, uh, but you're also out there helping with the flood cleanup and recovery. What, what kinds of things are you doing or planning to do? What needs to be done? Um, there's a really epic food drive going on um, in Byron at the moment, which has been put together by um, their Instagram handles at Pips Plate and Natural Ice Cream, um, where they're just taking as much donations as they can to create as much food as possible for people in the area, like in Lismore, where it's really catastrophic and Mullumbimby and Willumbar. So, and they're, they're taking any volunteers that can help. Um, so I think this week we're probably going to go and try and jump in with that. But it's also just walking around the street and just knocking on doors and seeing who needs help, um, just helping people clean mud out of their house or sort through things that have, like, you know, been destroyed or, like, finding what you can, like, salvage so that they do have something. And it's just, like, we're just trying to create as much, like, help and hope for people 
to get back to a normal life because at the moment, like there are so many people who don't even have a clean house to go home to, which is, I can't, I can't imagine what that feels like. And we live on a street with people who are in that situation, in that situation. Um, so yeah, we're just doing what we can to, I guess, help people get like back on track as quickly as possible. And it's, yeah, it's just a mixture of things. It's like taking food out to people or making food or cleaning or just anything that people need, just being like available for people who need your help in any way, shape or form. Wow. That's, um, yeah, good on you. I mean, it's just so much. It's just, I feel like I, I feel overwhelmed just even thinking about all the things that need to be done, but yeah, good on you for just, yeah pitching in um i'm sure it's just feels like yeah it's there in front of you to be done so of course you'll do it but it's yeah it's it's a lot it's it yeah it's it's just like there's no question it's like these like like people need help and you just have to do it like and, and not have to do it in a like i'm inconvenienced kind of way it's just it, it's something that needs to be done and like everyone needs to be there for it yeah amazing lily it's been so great to talk to you in so many ways i feel like you know you really in the thick of it there with something that is on everybody's mind, but it's so great to reflect on the place of women in the industry on International Women's Day. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? Um, No, I I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to talk and express all of this stuff. Like especially now, <laughs> it's yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for your time, and yeah, let you get back out there. Um, stay in touch, and we'll talk again. Awesome. All right, I'll talk to you later. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Valant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.